I'm assuming you've listened to our podcast before. So by now you know the Gamingverse is giving away a board game for our listeners. Join the competition for our September giveaway in the show notes and show your support by sharing our show. This is Licensed Hard, where movies and TV shows have become board games. Will they be on brand or just plain bad? Here is your host, Belle. Wacko Jacko from Denmark rates this a 1, saying, Minis look amazing, but the gameplay is soulless and without any form of Marvel theme and flavour. What's the point if the gameplay is this simple and themeless? Maybe a good kids game, but time will tell about that one. EOGG from Edmonton rates this a 4 and says, Good family game. The younger people who can't read will need a fair bit of help. Hobby gamers should probably pass on this one. It's way too simple and gets stale after only a couple plays. Benjamin Hester gives it an 8. He said a far better game than I thought it would be with lots of new life injected by the expansion boxes. Okay, so we are, of course, looking at the Marvel United board game today with Alex. Hi. <laughs> and our special guest today, Mike. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, Mike? Everybody by now should know who Alex is, but tell us a bit about yourself. <laughs> I'm Mike from The Board Game Barbecue. We're a podcast from Australia of nine people. Um, we organize board game days all around Australia at the moment. And yeah, we just launch a couple episodes a week and do interviews and just chat about, you know, what games we've been playing and all sorts of crazy things. You missed one of the most important things you've done, which is like... We interviewed you. That's the most each- important thing we've done. <laughs> you were featured on a Dice Art episode. I was, I was. And uh, that's one where I learned that I've got to make sure I give props to Mr. Alex, 110%. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. We did Blues Brothers episodes, so if you want to hear more of Mike, just jump onto the Blues Brothers episode. That was such was a fun episode as well. That was great fun. Pretty awesome. All right. Well, speaking of great fun, how have you found playing Marvel United? Were you a Kickstarter backer for this one? I was a Kickstarter backer. so you, you were the person that bought it. Which pledge level did you go in? I went all in. I'm not here to muck around. Oh. I went I went all in. All in. You got all the expansions. Okay. I, I love Simon. I love bits and pieces. And I was just a sucker. And I'm like, I can't have half of this game. I want to have all the expansions. I love good options and variability. Um, but I, I will say, go, go, please do, please do. Did you find it gave you much variability having all the expansions? I'll tell you what, I still haven't gone through them all yet. I've, I've, I've hit a few of them up, okay. but they definitely do add different things with different expansions. Um, in saying that half the time that I've played it, or most of the times I've played, I've been teaching new people. So when I teach new people, they generally recommend you play uh, the Red Skull as your first villain that you play. And I'll tell you now, I've played that a heap, and I still have a ball every time I play it. Like, even though I'm playing the same guy, I use a different hero every time that I play. Um, I haven't played one twice that I can think of. I just always choose a different one because the Kickstarter came with this huge box of all these extra heroes you can be, like Howard the Duck and Spider-Man from the year 2000 and all sorts of crazy characters. And so every time I play, I use something a bit different and it changes up the game that little bit every time. But looking at the reviews, though, that we read... I agree with some of them in some points, and then I sort of counter them at the same time. If you're a Euro player, you're not going to like this game. 
it's this game is that game that you're going to be sitting around the table and yelling and <laughs> high-fiving and biting your fingernails what's going to happen next and and that's what i love about this game it's not your classic euro with you know long-term strategy you are sort of playing in that moment and seeing what you can do in that turn and almost only planning one turn ahead by the same yeah, thing as well by like can, what card you put out will then affect how the other person playing their next card goes. Exactly. So that's kind of as far ahead as you almost need to kind of plan for a, a lot of it by the looks of things. Correct. But even that results in a lot of really good gameplay. Like, hey, I want to punch this guy over here, but I need to end up over here. Do you have a move action you can give me or a wild action you can give me? Or what if I play this? Can you get over here? And you can start really sort of talking about what strategy you're going to be using and how you and your teammates can be working together in the best way. Um, mm -hmm. And that's for me what really made this game. Because like one of the other reviews said that um, it's not that fun and, you know, there's not a lot of variability to it. But when I, when I, was, I remember when I was waiting for this game to arrive and it was finally getting here, I then started really looking at the gameplay and I had the same thought, ah, oh, this looks a bit bland. It looks a bit simple. Maybe I'm not going to actually like it, but as simple and cute as it looks, I've lost half the time and I still want to come back for more. It's still very complicated. The enemies are hard and it keeps the excitement level high for me. I think it's really, really fun. So this looks like it was an insane amount of content. How much money did you actually spend in, in Australian dollars? I think it was around the $300 mark, um, okay. thereabouts. Um, and it's one of those games I think does hold value. If I see anybody trying to sell it, it sells straight away. Not that I want to. Um, and it sucked me in enough that I went in for X-Men as well. Not all in. I had to sort of limit myself. Um, I now have a girlfriend who's trying to keep me calm in my spending <laughs> and hold me back a little bit, which, which I need. We all needed that sometimes. Um but uh, yeah, I did spend a few pretty dollars on it, and I didn't, I didn't get the playmat, which I now kick myself about all the time because the playmat. I can make you a playmat. Ah, oh, okay. I like the sounds of that. It's 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 beautiful playmat. That's the whole. I don't know if you've seen or if you've played it. The the game plays in the circles. So as you're laying out your cards, it's almost like a storyboard in a circle that you put around the table. So even just playing the game, if you watched it in like a um in like a time ups fashion, you'll just see these cards start circling the game in this really cool circle. And I don't know, even that is really satisfying to have this whole circle go around and see how long you can you last. See it? Oh, it's a circular yes. play map. Well, exactly, because you, you play the cards in a circle. So you start with one card, yeah. and then every card is played adjacent to that. And sometimes some villains might use that. But with that, though, your circle would change. But your circle would change size depending on how many people you have playing. So I don't see how, how – how does the playmat – I think I need to Google this playmat to see how they – It just they gives you somewhere to put the, everything, I think. Yeah, it's just, it's just a placement. Like, it, it keeps it organized for you. <laughs> It and is, it looks it like pretty. spaces for tokens and stuff. I don't know if it's I can make this. It's just more one. bits. It's just more bits, and I want all the bits. <laughs> um, okay, well, you're betting this a rundown um, of of the gameplay. I feel like like uh, it seems like now. Uh, I don't know. I, I watched a couple of videos on this just to to get myself up. I knew we had a, a resident expert coming on, so I didn't heavily research it too much. All but right. it looks like you choose a bad guy, which dictates. Mm -hmm. Um, oh no, no, you choose a bad guy and then you get, you put out six random locations. Correct. And then the bad guy puts problems at each location or are yeah, they so random you get, problems? 
Yeah, you get different. You get, there, there are a bunch of threats. So each each villain has its own sort of threat deck. Yeah, okay. So you, you put out six you, random threats. Correct. Yeah. And the threats cover special actions at each location. So when you eventually clear a threat, if you end your turn on that location, you get a special ability, whether it be heal or move to another location or nice. remove a, a thug from another location. They, they change every time. So as you start getting all the expansions, if you actually start mixing them all up, Every game's going to be a bit different, you know. And yeah. I'm a, I'm a funny guy. I've still kept all my stuff a bit separate, which I'm starting to get over a bit. I do want to add all those extra locations in one, so I can shuffle them all up and have totally different things every time. Yeah. But um, even that whole thing of trying to get the threats off, and if you don't know the locations off by heart, what what's going to be under there? Is that going to be helpful to me? How do I end up finishing my turn of that location to be able to do A, B, or C? That itself is a lot of fun, you know, apart from actually trying to fight the villain. And if you want a quick overview of the game, so you and your teammates are trying to take down a villain. And the villain, the, the villains are what makes the game because each villain has its own card mm -hmm. and they just change what you're trying to achieve. You know, they will win in a different way. They'll attack you in a different way. Um, there's something called the overflow effect, which I find very interesting. So each location has a number of squares. And it changes from location to location. When the villain lands somewhere, when you play a villain card, it has a picture of um, some of those locations underneath the card. And where to place these little tokens. And the tokens are either civilians, which you need to save, or thugs that you need to punch to get rid of. <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to clear all those threats, and you're trying to hit the thugs, and you're trying to clear, you're trying to save civilians in order to clear these main sort of threat objectives that you're doing. And you have to clear two threat objectives to be able to attack your villain. But while you're doing that, he's placing... You've got to have to clean up his mess before you can actually go after him. Well, you've got to balance it, you know, yeah. because if you focus too much on doing one thing, he starts filling up with those locations. And if you can't fit an extra token on a location, it triggers the overflow effect. So, for example, Red Skull has a track on his board that goes up to 20. And every time you can't fit a civilian or a thug on one of those locations, you trigger the overflow effect, which means that you have to go up this little track. And if you go up the track and hit 20, game's over. So he goes up that track in multiple different ways. So you're trying to beat the clock before he goes all the way up. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. You're sort of just trying to play. But like you said before, Bell, one of the things in this game that makes it really interesting is whatever card you play, the next player gets your actions and his actions. And those actions might be punch, move, um, a heroic action, which is like yep. to save a civilian or something, or a wild. Um, and so it's like, oh, you know, I need to move over here. Can you put a punch down so I can move and then punch? And you sort of start talking that out again with everyone. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, it, it, it grabbed my attention because, like, first of all, the artwork style, it's a bit different from any other sort of Marvel thing I've yeah. ever seen because they've gone for this huge... Phoebe kind of look. Um, I love it. They're adorable. They are adorable. They're very cute. Uh, but the the models actually, they look really, like, sorry, there's minis in it as well, I should have said. Correct. So they've got chibi minis in it. But the minis actually look really dynamic. They're not sort of like your, um, you know, your pop vinyl static pose sort of thing. They're really, they're really dynamic. And they look like they're fairly well crafted. Mm -hmm. The other thing was like, the the gameplay between heroes so you choose your own hero and you get your own hero deck and Correct. the cards you play will affect the next player's turn mm -hmm. is that right correct just while we're talking about the hero deck can i can i ask something 
I like watched. I haven't played it because you know we've all been locked in and you know, it's all right. Over to anyone's house to play it. And this is the co-op. Yeah. So yeah, so I've watched some you know online plays and stuff like that, and not having the actual pack myself to be able to go through and and look at it. How do the heroes differ? Because like, it looks the same at a quick glance. Yeah, because if all they've got is move, punch, heroic action, and wild, um, and different variations within that, you know, as to whether it's only got one token sort of one token action showing or two token actions showing. So you might have two moves or a move and a punch or just one wild. When you're a hero, like if I have the Iron Man deck, how Mm -hmm. is that that different from, say, the Hulk deck or the Black Widow deck? Great question. She should be a podcast host or something. Absolutely. She should be. She should be. Well, well, there's there's a great question, Belle, and there's two different ways they're different. The Mm -hmm. first one is the more obvious one where there's actual special actions that the characters have. And they might have uh, maybe four, four, three or four of these cards in their deck that make, let them do something special that is very thematic to them, you know? So So, like here, there's an Iron Man that's got advanced combat analysis, distribute two punch tokens among any number of heroes. Correct. And if you're giving someone a token, that's a token they can use at any time. So he's helping his teammates do extra punches. You know, right. So um, if he was playing a card, he'd be able to put down a card, do the action off of, you know, say if Iron Man plays that and I give two punches to Hulk, then mm-hmm. he has whatever's on his card. So he might have like a movement and a wild. And then on my card, I might have had a heroic action mm-hmm. plus my advanced combat analysis. So he might be able to do heroic action, move, punch, and then two additional punches from the tokens Correct. that they give you. You can't do your special ability. So that's something that's only specific to the character itself. Mm-hmm. But correct, you'll then be able to give that away. My favorite one so far, I think, is Doctor Strange. He had this mm-hmm. really cool ability that while this card was in play, you can flip over the top card of the villain deck and see what his next move is at all times. Oh, so you play a little which, bit of time. Absolutely. You know, he's oh. playing with time. You can see in the future and see what's happening. And okay, different heroes, yeah, yeah, really, really thematic. And different different villains might actually affect other cards in play because some of those heroes have those special sort of abilities that sort of sit in play. Mm-hmm. Some villains might have cards that get rid of those cards as well. So it sort of plays off against each other. Um, I believe the hero decks are very, very thematic. Like, I know you mentioned Iron mm-hmm. Man, but I'm pretty sure the Iron Man, because of his armor, could actually take a lot of hits and regenerate his health a lot. While Captain mm-hmm. America, he's very, very heroic. And although mm-hmm. he doesn't do a lot of, like, smashing, he actually sort of helps. He hands out tokens to other people and helps sort of instruct them. He's a leader. He's, like, yeah, leading correct. them. He's like, you can do this, you can do this. So, oh, and, yeah, and, and they've all got the special actions, but I do believe their decks are actually quite thematic to the hero themselves. Right. So the actual combination of action options visible on the card differ depending on the hero. So, like, if you're, say, some kind of speedster or somebody that moves around quite agilely, like, say, Spider-Man, like he yeah. might have more move tokens Correct. than he might have punch tokens because he's not a big puncher, but Hulk would have more punch combinations. Very yeah. much so. I, I, okay. I played recently with some friends, and out of the big box, all the extras, we picked a couple heroes that are... You know, the sort of anti-heroes that are sort of villains as well, like um, mm-hmm. like Venom. Yeah. And oh, I can't remember who else we chose. There was a couple Deadpool. of them that are, they're sort of half-heroes, but they're sometimes bad guys. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, yeah, those kind of guys. And we realized halfway through that the villain that we were playing, he had a lot of um, threats that needed a lot of heroic actions. But we're not typical heroes. Our guys actually didn't have many heroic actions. We had more punch and move and everything else. But if you get, you know, like like um, Iron Man, for example, he's a heroic hero. He'll have plenty of heroic actions. Yeah. So you start to see that sort of difference in the theme in the different decks as well. well depending would that affect what sort of you beating the bad guy? Is it like, is there an yeah. alternate way to beating him that you don't need the heroic actions for? Oh yeah, we should probably go through that. What are the win and lose conditions of the game? Yeah. So so to be able to to be able to attack the villain, well, the the two win is kill the villain. Number that, that, that's it. Knock him out. Kill. Okay? Oh no. Um, that's true, right? But to, yeah, yeah, sorry, knockout, correct. <laughs> but, but to be able to knock him out, you have to be able to clear. There's these three cards that sit under there, okay, underneath um, the main sort of uh, villain board. One of them has nine thug icons on it. One mm. of them has nine civilians. And one of them have four threat tokens on it, just little spots to put tokens. So every time you defeat an actual threat on one of those locations, you have a little token and you put that on the threat card. If you fill up all four, you remove that card. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. The way the game plays at the start is you get three hero actions. So like me, Alex, and Bell, and then the enemy goes. And then me, Alex, Bell, enemy goes. Once you clear one of those cards by doing the four threats or by doing by punching nine thugs or saving nine civilians with heroic actions, the enemy is now under pressure. He starts acting after every two turns because you're getting close to beating him. So he starts so that's going once after you remove one of those. One, one of those cards doesn't matter what order you do them in, but as soon as you remove one, he starts going after every two turns. Once you get rid of the third one, so so the second one, the villain is now susceptible to damage, and you can attack him directly. Okay. Um, to lose, if all the characters are knocked out, you lose. Um, if everyone's sort of yeah, by losing all of your playable cards from your hand. Yeah. So your your hand is also your health points. So if you have three cards in your hand, that's three health points. If the villain punches you, you go down to two cards. If he punches you again, you go down to one card. So the more damage you have, the less options you have on your turn as well, which is really cool. Um, and when you knock out, get knocked out, you then get to replenish your cards back up to four cards. But each different villain has a different sort of um, penalty that if you get knocked out. So they might do a, something called a BAM effect. And a BAM effect is like, one of their special abilities. So, for example, the BAM effect of um, Red Skull is that he will damage anybody on the same location one, and he'll go up two on the fear track that I mentioned earlier. Um, with Red Skull, though, if you get knocked out, he will BAM again. So he might knock you out by BAMing, and then because you get knocked out, he BAMs again. And then if that knocks out one of your other colleagues, they he BAMs again, and it just becomes this horrible just sort of flow, overflow effect. It's, it's Yeah. So cool. Okay. So... I feel like from what I've watched and from what you're saying as well, it seems like there's a lot of variability in the type of game you play and what your goal is and how to go about it and how the actual mechanics of the game work when certain actions occur in the game, like mm -hmm. BAM or Overflow or whatever it might be, yeah. depending on the villain that you're playing. Yes. Villain there's changes lots of changes, everything. though. There, there is the villain, but all the locations can be random, all the threats can mm -hmm. be random, and then your hero decks are random as well. Is it right. too random? I guess. 
No, but, but, the, but the randomness, well, you sort of know what you're getting because when you first pull out a villain, you can look through his deck and see what's sort of coming and you pull out all those cards. But the the difference in each villain is what makes the games keep spicy. Like, yeah. I've played this game a bunch of times and I've probably played five different villains and because I have all the content, I've probably got another 20, 30 I can play. So, you know, I've never been bored yet. Uh, even though I've played Red Skull 10 times, I still enjoy playing him because I still lose very often. He's still a hard guy to beat. And, you know, when you're trying him with different heroes, trying to conquer him, it still becomes exciting because you're trying to figure out how your hero will work with everyone else's heroes as well at the same time. Stop the podcast. Stop it. What? If you love board games as much as us, why not enter the board game giveaway from our sponsor, The Gaming Verse. Sounds good. You give you better. They're in the show notes down below. Entries closed 31st of August 2021. Restart the podcast. Okay. How often does those do those special effects for each hero kind of come up? Like it when I because when I was watching the playthroughs, uh, you know, multiple cards went by without any special effect coming up. And you've obviously got the timed aspect of if the villain gets through their whole deck going around Correct. your circular timeline by the end, then they win if you haven't defeated them yet. Yeah, how, how big so are the decks how, and how many heroic actions are in the deck? Yeah. Yeah, how the often card? do they actually come up? I think the decks are around 15 cards, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, that's, that's not big at all. No, but when you're playing one card at a time, that's going to go through quite quick. How many cards does the villain get? Like how many, I suppose, rounds are there? I think it's about the same, to be honest. I can't remember if I counted okay. them or not. I'm not. But a, then, yeah, but then at research. a certain point, he goes every two turns. So, Correct. so could it be up. very possible that you could be like sitting there waiting on a card like, oh, I, I, if I get that thing that Tony can do, then I can, you know, send yeah. off those two extra punches. But then that might not come up in the game at all then. It's like you might Once never again, get depending on the hero, depending on the villain. Like even some villains, their bam effect is just to waste one of their own cards, so they run through the deck quicker. You know what I mean? And that mm. right, that that's really hard, and that's absolutely possible. You know, that is absolutely mm. possible that can happen. But that's why you might also want to make sure you clear some of their threat cards to get the abilities underneath them on the locations as well, because. Those, those are abilities really powerful are beneficial well. to you. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It might be heal or it might be yeah, many different things. Many different okay. things. Yeah. All right. Well, so in terms of how this fits into the cinematic universe and, um, you know, and, and the Marvel MCU, do you feel like this game when you're playing in it, do you feel like you're those heroes or could it just kind of have been anything generic because, like, there's not a lot of actual hero-specific change in dynamics, like, from hero to hero to hero. Like, there's a couple of different actions you can do, and there's, like, different combinations in terms of, like, your overall kind of, I guess, stats with the combos that are available on your cards. But compared to how much the villain alters the game, is that there? Do you feel like, you know, do you feel like you're in, like, a specific superhero movie or in an Avengers movie, or do you feel like you're in the villain's movie? Because to me, watching question. it, I felt like you're more playing the villain's game and the yeah, hero yeah. villain. When you put it that way, I can kind of see that, definitely. Because uh, the villain, for me, does make it. Because that's the objective of the game, is depending on what the villain has. And mm. once again, you know, the difference between Hulk or Iron Man might be the amount of punches or the amount of move tokens and their special abilities, which does give it the flavor and does give it theme. But I will is agree with you. It's 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 there just enough for me, but I'm sometimes okay. easy to impress. Um, <laughs> I can see some people maybe saying that it's not there enough, and they probably would like some more 
of those actions on those sort of areas, possibly. Um, mm. But once again, I play this game a bunch. I've enjoyed it every time, but it's my kind of game. Like I said, the game that you're yelling a lot and talking and a lot of easy table to talk. Teach. Like there's only a few. Absolutely. Like it's all cooperative so you can help one another out without, you know, looking at each other's cards being a crisis. Correct. Correct. Um, so would you say it's maybe like an introductory game more than a hobby Hobbies. Yeah, I've I've de- I've definitely taught people that aren't gamers, and they've yeah. gotten onto it pretty quickly because the symbols are pretty straightforward, and the threats say exactly what they're going to do. As long as you explain what the bam effect is, what the overflow effect is, as long as you sort of draw that picture for the person in a nice, simple way, depending on their level of gaming knowledge. Yeah, I do believe it's a really good introductory game, definitely. And given that there's like these different mechanics that have win or lose conditions to them, and that do change depending on which villain is there. Is it very clear as you're playing? Like, are you ever kind of missing a mechanic as you play through and then kind of go, oh, wait, we forgot about that thing. Now it's all, you know, we've got to go back or now it's not actually playing properly. Or does it, it looks to me like it would play very simply, but I do know that sometimes when games change from game to game like that, you you miss those slight mechanic, those slight mechanical changes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you're playing a bunch of different heroes one after another, you know, you are absorbing a bunch of different sort of rules every time that you play. So it is probably just making sure everyone in the group is across all the different rules that you're playing. So that way, if you do slip up, they can fix you up on it. But once again, all the rules are on this little card right in front of everyone, very easy to read and very accessible. It's not like you have to flip through a book to find what that villains trying to do to you the villains bammed okay cool what does the bam effect do his bam effect is a b and c awesome okay well he's just overflowed this location cool what does his overflow effect do so it's not much effort at all it's not really any effort to go back and review what that rule does so it is pretty easy so it's not a fantasy flight rule book that's good no, no, I'm currently playing Marvel <laughs> Champions and I keep going back to the rule book because I keep having <laughs> questions every two seconds. I liked that but from the one that I saw online, again, sorry, I haven't actually got to play, okay. but the uh, the back of the rule book had like the, the turn actions and how play actually yes. takes part. That's so good because a number of times when there's a game and like, you know, you're, you've got it open to the page that shows like how to do things on your turn and how a turn phase uh, goes through is so funny how often it's like in the middle of the book and then you're sitting there with the whole rule book open in front of you and everyone's passing it around and flipping between pages and all that sort of stuff because the turn order is across two or three pages. They've got like a nice summary on the back of it. You've got to have the summary on the back of the rule book. That just makes everything easier or on a little rules card for yourself. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm spoiled now. I I look for it on the back of any game that I play, and if it's not there, I'm like, oh, I was looking (laughs) for that nice little, you know, wind up of what 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 all the rules are. Any game developers out there, make sure you include that either on the back or on a little card. Exactly. We always (laughs) we we appreciate it. (laughs) I actually, actually, recently when I I did some graphic design for a game, they had the opportunity to do printing on the inside of the box cover which doesn't usually happen because usually it's a cover over that like sort of goes over the top, over the sides, mm-hmm. and then a little bit onto the bottom of the box or onto the inside yeah. of the box cover. But they were printing the inside of the box cover too, and I'm like, I'm going to put a summary there on the inside of the box yeah. cover. That's so you lift so the box off and you get all the pieces, and it tells you the, the turn summary on the back of the box really big, and you can stand it up and everyone can see it. That's perfect. That's great. That's a great idea. We used to have those on some of our games when we were much, much younger, like games that my parents used to play. Um, I think 
uh, like you'd lift, like you take off the lid and the rules would be on the inside of the lid of the box. There was actually no instruction yeah. sheet. Oh, yeah. So like <laughs> instruction sheet wouldn't go missing. Like the rules were inside the lid. Yeah. Have you seen the lid, the inside of the lid for the game Isle of Cats? No. Oh, that's the best one so far, in my opinion. You take off the lid, and it's a game, obviously, about cats. And inside, it's got this big circle that said, this is a spot for your cat to sit. And oh, so, <laughs> and they would Because cats sit in boxes. Oh, and, yeah. and, uh, it's a target. It, it says cat It makes me smile every time. Yeah, <laughs> cat set up. That's the one. Oh, that's so, so good. good. Makes me happy. And it's smart marketing, because now everyone puts up photos of the cat in the box. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I've got the most important. Does it got a hashtag inside it? No. Oh, is that sorry? No, is there a hashtag inside the box? So that it everybody says, uses the same hashtag? It says, if you have a pet cat, you should place it here while playing the Isle of Cats. <laughs> and then it should say, like, hashtag cats watching over cats or something. Yeah. yeah sure. And then, like, they missed the hashtag. That's like everything. Yeah. Needs a hashtag and then they could have just had the marketing right there for them. Ah, also. Ah, missed opportunity. I've, oh, got, well. <laughs> um, I've got the most important question of the night for you. But before oh, I yeah. ask you, I just wanted to. Um, say that this was a game developed by Eric Lang, which he's obviously huge in Seamon. I think he just stepped down as one of their, um, he was like master of game design or something for Seamon games. But it was also designed with Andre Chiavezio, who did Kinsberg. And Kinsberg is one of of my like top 10 games. And I can sort of see the similarity between Kinsberg and this. So if you like, if you like this and you like, fantasy themed game um kinsberg is good for that or good for you but it also goes like i did read a couple of the reviews it said something like would i like it if i didn't have a marvel theme probably not but that's like you know because it's marvel i do like it um kinsberg isn't a huge thematic game either it, it's you use you use a dice in in a really fun, interesting, mechanical way. But um, I feel like this one does the same thing. It's it's not like I know the decks are themed and the bad guys are themed, but like are the are the mechanics themselves. This isn't my important question. I just got to an extra one. Are the mechanics themselves mm-hmm. really suited to this whole Marvel universe? Do you think like the the actions on the cards and the actions you do in the game playing as a hero? make you feel like a hero. A little bit, because, like, as I'm playing, I'm like, okay, I'm going to move two space over here, and I'm punching this guy three times, and then I'm going to save this guy with my heroic action. And, you know, it's all about the enthusiasm. That's and I'm yeah, full that's of true. it. You know what you I mean? Um, and they've called it a heroic action, so, you know, you, you, exactly. you kind of... Exactly. Yeah, you yeah, hollow like you're doing it. All right, most important... I like that some of oh, the... Oh, no, you go, you go. No, no, no. I like... I like that, for instance, with the hell, like the uh, helipad, uh, the Avengers heli, uh, sorry, not helipad, uh, the, oh my God, why am I blanking? The airship they have. Yeah. Yeah. That when you win on that location, you can then go to any other location. So it's like, yeah, yeah. we've got oh, our, yeah. we've got our airship back. That's we can where go wherever we need punch to. tokens come in handy. So like you, was, like you said, Iron Man gives out your punch tokens. And Mike mm-hmm. said that you can use them at any time because the way where, where you move, that's wherever your model, your mini moves onto locations, that's where you take your action. So mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to punch three times and the the, the like kingpin's there, or oh, kingpin's one of the bad guys, when the, the arch nemesis of that version of the game you're playing is oh, there, you can punch him three times. Like you yeah. can save that punch token up so that you can use it when when you have the best opportunity. 
And the amount of times I've lost the game with like one or two punches needed to be, to be done to the bad guy, oh. like that just makes you want to jump back in straight away. You know yeah, what I mean? Because you, you've moved off him and you're like, I really wanted to punch him, but now he's behind me and I can't get to him anymore. Well, each of his cards also dictates how much, how many spaces he moves yeah, around the board move as well. Yeah, as well, yeah. So he moves around, so he might move to the wrong spot, and I yeah. just have, I need one move action to be able to get to him, and I just can't get it for whatever reason. Yeah, you know what a pain. I mean? and, yeah. <laughs> oh, but good. it's so good. I, I like what it's out around. of my grasp. He's, he's not just going to sit there and take all your punches. Exactly. It's good that he moves around. It's good for the planning. I, I think I would really enjoy this game, so thanks for spelling it out to us. Now the most important question of the night, which yeah. – Chibi is your favorite Chibi out of all the good guys and the bad guys. Oh man, that's a hard one. Because um, I'm looking through them all now, they look pretty cool. There's a bunch. They of do look very really cool. awesome ones. That's a tough one. Um, I'm liking Wasp because it comes with a dice on it as well. Yeah, Wasp. Was Wasp looks oh, no, awesome. Ant Man. Ant Man has a Man coin on, under on him. Queen. It looks yeah, really cool. Right. Yeah. Ant-Man on the coin, I think, looks really, really cool. And I've seen some people paint it in such a beautiful way. It looks like a proper nickel, whatever it is. Oh, like yeah. That looks really cool, too. Yeah. The quality of these minis is amazing. If you look at some really good artwork of people painting them, they look incredible. Because they got such... It's not like a... like a, I, I love Zombicide. And those minis are tiny with all these little crevices and hard-to-paint hard areas. These are pretty big and smooth for the most part. So it gives people a different sort of canvas to paint on. And I'm not a great painter, but it makes me want to jump back into it because they just yeah. look so satisfying to paint and just such a yeah really cool canvas. I can paint them. Maybe we can strike up a deal. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Much easier to paint the head of a chibi, which is like a what a third of the size of the rest oh, of the body, as opposed to a normal head, which is like an eight. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, oh, faces are the worst to paint on minis. So if we just make the faces bigger, exactly, exactly, they got the right idea, right idea there. Cute and practical. All right. Well, it sounds like it's a game that you've really enjoyed playing. If you didn't have that many expansions. Is it still got its playability if you just bought the base set? I on uh, the base set, like the base set, base set without the Kickstarter expansions, you'll. That's the thing. It's also a huge price difference as well. So yeah, it'd still be a really fun game, but you definitely want some expansions. You definitely want some of that variability. Like I'm still hanging to play the Thanos pack because it's got the Thanos gauntlet in there, the big hand, yeah. the big metal, and you have the stones. And he actually goes around collecting the stones, and for each stone he adds onto there, he gets stronger and stronger. And that just sounds so cool to me, but he's supposed to be really hard. And when I'm teaching everyone the game all the time, I haven't had a yeah. chance <laughs> to get to that level yet. So I'm, I'm looking forward to playing that. But that's the thing. I've still got so much to look forward to and so many things I've not played yet in there. I'm still really excited. All right. Well, it sounds like it's got the two thumbs up from yourself then, Mike. It sure um, does. <laughs> it sounds like something I'd like to give a, a proper whirl once we're able to get out and, and get back into people's houses to play board Always games. Always happy to teach. Always happy to teach. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, guys. I really appreciate it. And it sounds like this one's hit a pretty good nail on a head for, for at least yourself there, Mike. Yeah, has. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode. Stay in touch and tell us what you think on Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Check the links in the show notes to stay connected.